exploring an unknown seafloor in the Arctic, trying to keep ships from striking whales in California, and digitally mapping shallow coastal waters in Texas. Those are the stories for this week's Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. Scientists from NOAA's Office of Coast Survey and UNH, the University of New Hampshire, recently finished up an expedition in the Arctic. They were there to map the seafloor north of Point Barrow, Alaska. That's the northernmost point in the U.S., but they were 500 miles north of that in the icy sea. And underneath all that ice and sea is a huge ridge called the Chukchi Cap. It's one of the least known seafloors in the world. The researchers on this trip traveled from their base at the Joint Hydrographic Center at UNH, to spend three weeks aboard the Healy, a U.S. Coast Guard icebreaker. On board the Healy, they used a high-tech echo sounder to send pulses of sound down to the ocean floor, and when the sound bounces back up to the ship, the sounder measures how far it traveled, and this is how they're producing a highly accurate three-dimensional map of the ridge. It'll take more trips to finish up the mapping, but when it's done, scientists will better understand what it looks like down there, and it will help to improve climate and ocean current circulation models. Last fall, four blue whales died after being struck by vessels in the Santa Barbara Channel off the coast of California. It was an unusually high number of whale deaths from ship strikes in one area. Now this year, NOAA and the Coast Guard are working together with the shipping industry to keep it from happening again. The Santa Barbara Channel falls within NOAA's Channel Islands National Marine Sanctuary. Staff there are now flying over the area once a week to look for whales, and they're coordinating whale-watching volunteer efforts. Then they're plotting all of these observations on a chart for the shipping industry. Now ships traveling through the channel have better information about where the whales might pop up. And NOAA and the Coast Guard are also advising ships to slow down and stay alert when high number of whales are present. Blue whales off the California coast are slowly recovering from commercial whaling, banned since 1986. The eastern Pacific population is now nearly 2,000 whales. The numbers are getting stronger, and NOAA is one of many organizations working to keep it that way. In addition to ship strikes, you might be surprised to learn that marine debris is also a leading whale killer. In fact, by some estimates, nearly 50% of whale fatalities are tied to ship strikes and getting tangled up in our trash. We'll talk about NOAA's efforts to clean up marine debris in a future episode. Finally, a new map of shallow water seabed habitats along a region of Texas near Corpus Christi is now available from NOAA's Coastal Services Center. It joins a growing list of coastal maps made by NOAA that tell us the condition of underwater vegetation around the nation. The main use for this map is to help the Texas Seagrass Monitoring Program locate, keep an eye on, and protect seagrass beds and shallow water shellfish. Why is this important? Well, maps of our coastal areas are places that need to be better understood and protected because a lot of things happen there that humans and animals depend on. Underwater vegetation and shallow coastal waters support a wide range of marine creatures. The seagrass along the Texas coastal bend is a great example It provides a safe place to spawn, a safe nursery, and a place to hide and forage for food for small creatures. And these small creatures are, in turn, food for commercial and recreational fish throughout the Gulf of Mexico. And that same seagrass supports over 75% of all the nation's redhead ducks each winter. But calling it a map doesn't really do it justice. Those in the business call it spatial data which basically means it's a way to view a lot of data overlaid in layers, like the skin of an onion, over images of the region. Some of the information is gathered from aerial and satellite photos, some by people wading out into the water to take samples. Acoustic sampling is also used. Even lasers are sometimes used to get clearer pictures of the seafloor and deeper or murky water. 
Okay, so we know that these maps let us zoom in to take a closer look at the seafloor. Now let's take a closer look at the kind of decisions that people like policymakers, scientists, and researchers make based on these maps. We've already touched on this. The maps provide a view of the health of a seafloor habitat, and they allow people to see how it's changing over time. And this helps people figure out how to protect the underwater plants and creatures that live there. And knowing more about the seafloor is also the first step in choosing where to place a marine reserve. Once we clearly understand where our most critical habitats are, the ones that are being threatened, say, by pollution or overfishing, we can then consider protecting them with special laws. And mapping is also used to determine the effect of habitat change due to natural or human impacts. For example, an area can be studied to determine the impact of fishing gear on the seafloor. And by mapping these habitats over time, planners can determine if or for how long areas should be closed off to fishing to allow a threatened area to fully recover. Seafloor maps also help people choose locations for aquaculture. For example, information about areas where clams naturally live in the wild can be used to figure out the best places to set up clam farms. And finally, seafloor maps of deeper waters are often used to estimate the physical damage caused by trawl fishing gear, both to seabed sediments and the animals that live along the ocean floor. Well, you don't need a map to find our website. We're at oceanservice.noaa.gov. From there, you can visit the sites of the offices we talked about today: the Office of Coast Survey, the Office of National Marine Sanctuaries, and the Coastal Services Center. And by the way, those who study the sea bottom use the term benthic to refer to anything associated with or occurring in the bottom of a body of water. And the animals and plants that live on or in the bottom—they're known as the benthos. So, if you want to learn more about shallow water seafloor maps, you want to search for benthic habitat mapping. That's B E N T H I C. If you have questions or comments about this podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send an email to nos.web at noaa.gov. That's all for this episode. I think I hear the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next week.